0: Welcome to My Cancer Story Podcast. We are on to week three of October, which means this is our third breast cancer story for you here for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Today, you're going to meet Nicole. She's a friend of mine, a good friend of my husband's. Uh, I met her through their work. So I really hope that you enjoy hearing Nicole's story. You'll you'll hear everything about her relationships, her uh, support system, and just just The ins and the outs of being diagnosed with breast cancer and working through it. Hope you enjoyed the story. Stay tuned to the end and enjoy. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Um, I'm so happy that you're here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so I I happen to know Nicole. She's uh, my first friend in a in a few episodes. So um, I know Nicole through my husband Chris. Uh, she is a flight attendant, and they used to fly together. He and she worked for the same company, and um, I just you know I, I met her in passing. I remember one time you were um, like like getting the plane together for a trip or something like this uh, something like that. And then I actually do remember that. Yes. Yeah. Cause I remember I was like, Oh my God, she's like so fit and tan. I don't know <laughs> if that was like in, in like the heyday of like you were doing competitions. Was that like during the time? Because like you were like super fit. I think that was like five years ago <laughs> that you were like, like buff. Like I was like, I need to start working out. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and we like, we just said the the second time that we've actually met in person is when you ran into us in Mexico. So I, I feel like I, I know you so much more than just through social media and through Chris, but I am so happy that you're here and you agreed to come onto the podcast with me. Thank you, Jess. Yay. I'm happy to be here with you today. Yay. Yeah, Yay. and you're spending one of your like very like precious time off with me, so I'm, I'm really appreciative. But yeah, so Nicole is here. Um, she is uh, the second interview for um, October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so she is the second week for, um, for breast cancer awareness and uh, for my, um, my, my big weekly push for um, stories for breast cancer survivors. So Nicole is also a breast cancer survivor. And um, from here, I'm just going to kind of let you take it away. Um, Just tell me about the type of breast cancer, and then we can just go into how, when, what, where, and then just the process and just kind of learn about what what your story is.
1: Sure. So I was diagnosed May of 2018, and it was DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ, and I had stage one and stage zero, um, estrogen receptor positive. Oh
0: my gosh. Um, There's like so but, many, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Like no, it's no. just, there's so many different like breast cancer or like the, I guess the delineations or like
1: sure. the way I they didn't describe know, it. I didn't know, I I didn't mean, know that there either. There was until I, I learned about breast cancer and yeah. until I got, you know, diagnosed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So go ahead. Um, so you had DCIS uh, to um, stage one and stage zero.
1: Yep. And, and then, so I was first diagnosed with fatigue and jet lag because I was feeling a little off. I didn't have pain. I didn't have a lump. I was just kind of feeling real tired and kind of lethargic and just kind of off. And mm-hmm. I was gaining a lot of weight. And I just I would have coffee. And on my 10 days off, I would literally – I I wouldn't be able to function. Like I could function, but I was so – so tired, and this lasted for like eight, nine months, maybe almost a year. And I went to the doctor, and you know, you don't really go to the, the doctor um, for feeling tired. You know what I mean? But I was like, this is weird. I told the doctor, I said, I've gained twenty-two pounds in a year. I think something's wrong with me. I'm really tired. Um, and she said to me, she said, you you just have jet lag fatigue from your job. You're fine and i thought maybe something's wrong with my hormones so then um my next month of the 10 days off i went to see an endocrinologist and i kind of asked her you know should i do a hormone panel test and check my estrogen levels and and she said maybe yeah let's let's just try it and and so we did that and then the next 10 days of the month off, the third month, I went and saw a gynecologist. And yeah. she said, Let's let's do a mammogram. And I was 38 years old. And you typically don't get a mammogram until you're 40. Yeah. So I saw her, we get the we had the mammogram. And then my next 10 days off, she said, Let's schedule another appointment because your mammogram was incomplete. So then we did that fourth month came along, had another mammogram and they said, okay, we, we think we might've found something, but you have really dense breast tissue. And when um, this lasted for about six months, every 10 days off, I went to the doctor and I was still feeling tired um, and super, super exhausted. And Uh, I had some friends that were going to Hawaii and they said, Hey, meet me in Hawaii and you're 10 days off. And I thought, I don't know, I'm really tired, but I love Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a total like live life to the fullest, have fun, you know, show up even if you're tired, just show up, you know? So I was like, yeah, I really want to go to Hawaii. So I went to Hawaii. This was like month, month five. And I get to Hawaii, super tired, but I, I, had, I, had, a, I had a great time. Um, and the last day I was there, I was on the cabana, like on the beach at the Marriott Hotel. And I told my friend, I said, I don't think I can go to dinner. I am so tired. And I wasn't drinking alcohol. Um, I was resting. And I just thought, I just kind of knew something was, wasn't right with my body. So then I, I flew back from Hawaii. This is month five. And I ended up going to my needle biopsy, and I thought to myself, "This is so weird, like something must be really wrong if I'm getting a needle biopsy. yeah I mean, that's breast cancer, you know, so anyways, so then I got the needle biopsy, and this is like day I think eight or nine where the nurse called me back the day after the needle biopsy, and I was getting my hair done with foils in my hair I was. I was, I get the phone call and she said, Hey, can you come out to the, to Palo Alto and and go over your results? I said, no, I'm going tomorrow for my 20 day shift to work. And she said, well, do you want to hear the results over the phone? I said, sure. She said, well, you can't go on your 20 day shift. And I said, well, what do you mean? And then that's when she told me that I had the breast cancer and, and I thought, oh my God, are you sure? So then, um, that's kind of when I found out um, <laughs> about the breast cancer, and then ever since then, the whole nine days of my life changed it was it was cancer doctor, you know on two different oncologists, um, radiation doctor, MRI scans, blood tests um, that's when my my cancer doctor said he said, you're not going to be able to." to have kids for at least five years you might not be able to have kids and you're going to have chemotherapy. And I mean, I looked death straight in the eye. I was, I was so scared and I was single. And I, I just, I, I, I thought I was going to die of cancer and I would wrap myself in a cocoon at night. Um, those nine days every day in my down comforter on my bed and I would just shake like, and I, I, was so, I was so scared. And then after the nine days, um, I, I had to go back to work cause I couldn't get my next surgery and my appointments in for like 20 days or something. So I went to work to get my mind off things. And, um, and then that was the, then that was the last like 10 days shift I did for, for nine months going through the the treatments. Wow. Um, and Yeah.
0: That's, that's gotta be, I, 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 got my cancer diagnosis over the phone, but I had Chris with me and I was kind of preparing for it, but that's gotta be so, I don't know, just fucking terrible. You're sitting there getting your hair done and they tell you you have cancer. Like what?
1: I, I just, I, I seriously, I still don't even really like believe it. I like, I, I just like, I, I thought I was going to die.
0: But it, did you have time to talk with the doctor? Like, I know you, you said like, are you sure? Like, was it like a longer conversation? Like, okay, what's my survival rate? What kind of action are we doing? Or is that like the nine days? Yeah.
1: And they knew I was really scared. They, they, they knew I I was scared and they, Mm -hmm. they, um, my doctor, he's, he's, he's awesome. He goes, he called me kiddo. He goes an angel. And he goes, you know what, kiddo? He said, you're going to die, but not of breast cancer. And then I started going on the internet and, and doing research and reading and looking up stuff, and I'm like, and that kind of messes with your mind a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. So finally, you know, and I would be calling the doctor every day, every other day, well, with questions and and just with fear, and and they finally just said, you got to stop reading stuff on on the, on the internet. Yeah. So. I did. I stopped for a long time. <laughs> Good
0: job. That's what everybody says. They're like, "Do not go on the internet." <laughs> yeah. Because basically, like, you're terminally ill. You're you're gonna die. That's it. No matter what. No matter what your symptoms, you're gonna die. And you're like, "Fuck."
1: And so, that's when I learned about you know all the different kinds of breast cancers. Okay. And the stages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I kind of knew the stages, but I didn't really. I didn't really know what I know now. Yeah. Um. So one of my friends. Um, the next day, his wife died of cancer when she was 37. So she was like my, and he took off work the whole day. We were at the doctor from like 10 in the morning till 4 PM. And then that's when it was just like, it just kind of hit me. And it was so overwhelming. Um, but, and I, 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 I didn't know if I was going to get through it, you know, and, 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 and and I, I did, I got through it and, um, I have a new perspective on life now and um, I've always been a positive person, but yeah, you have, but like somebody told me once they said, you know, the time is the time and the time is now. And I've always kind of been, I've always went by that too. Like, you know, you don't wait for, for something to happen to, to celebrate life or to go out and do something or, you know, yeah. it was a wake up call for sure.
0: Um, yeah, I, I can, I can imagine like it's everybody that I've, I've spoken to so far is just like, it, it, it totally changes your life. It's, you know, your old life is over. It's, it's a new normal and you kind of pick up, pick up in a new spot and, and move forward and, you know, it puts a different perspective on life. And like you said, the time is time and the time is now. And as opposed to worrying about the past, worrying about the future, it's, you know, all you have is now.
1: I, I, I when I first became a flight attendant, I was always like on California time, because I live in California. So I'd be in like Nice, France, or, you know, Vienna, Austria, or, you know, somewhere where it's like a different time zone. I'm like, well, it's noon in California, so I should do this, and I should eat that. And that's <laughs> when that pilot said to me, the time is the time and the time is now. That's awesome.
0: Just, yeah. That's a, that's a solid solid advice, solid quote. I like that. Um, so when you're talking about like your whole process, like nine months, so you took the nine months off of work for chemo and that was, was well, it. well, I, I did the surgery too. I had time
1: cause I was stage one. I did the fertility treatments.
0: Oh, wow. I, didn't yeah,
1: know I did two rounds of that. And it was such a cool experience. Like, um, my, my, my body thought I was pregnant because I would give myself shots and I did two rounds of it. So I was doing this for like, a month and a half because I did two weeks, and then I gave my body a break for like ten days or two weeks, and then I did it again for two weeks because I wanted to freeze my eggs because I do want kids, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they suggest you you freeze your eggs before chemotherapy. So so I, I I'm so glad I did that. So I I have thirteen eggs in the freezer. Yeah, and um, you know I used to be like deathly afraid of needles and blood and all that and. Now like since I had to do all those shots by myself three times a day, now I'm I'm and plus I had to get blood tests every week before chemo, the day before chemo, you know, to measure your your white blood cell count and Mm. liver numbers and all that. Now I'm like I I I can do it now.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I cannot even think about giving myself shots.
1: But I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that.
0: It's kind of like, you're not going to be wondering what if, you know, you have it there for, for when the time, the time is necessary or the time's right. So Absolutely. it's kind of like a huge weight off your shoulders. So tell me about chemo. I remember following a lot of your stories and, and seeing you go to treatment, but tell me about the process of that.
1: Every week I had chemo once a week for four months and it was, it was a chemo called Taxol. Um, and I was, you know, they, they take, before your chemo, they kind of take you and show you around the room and and they kind of go through what, what to expect. And I, my mom was with me and I I couldn't even go in the room. I, I was in the room, but I was like really scared. I, I remember I started crying and I said, mom, we got to get out of here because I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. But you know, you just, you see these people um, with the IV, you know, getting their chemo and you're like, oh my gosh. And and, um, you just keep thinking, oh my God, I might die of cancer. I'm going to die or whatever. And, 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 and then the first chemo was okay. Um, each week I had a friend from Minnesota and some other friends, um, come, you know, help me through the chemo and they would stay with me a couple of days and they would like clean my house and cook and fold my laundry. It just kind of helped me and like be supportive. And that was, that was amazing. Um, and you know, I had the port, so I got the port. I first had the, the, the fertility treatments. And then I had the, um, the lumpectomy Mm -hmm. and they removed it. My tumor was the size of a piece of rice. They removed it Yeah, it was pretty small. And the doctor said, this tumor has been growing in your body for a year and a half to two years. Um, And when he removed it, he also removed some lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And my arm is still kind of numb underneath. And it's... Oh, really? I have numbness um, and just kind of pain when I fly. I have like radiation fluid that kind of swells up kind of. Um, and it's just kind of painful, but it's not like, it's not too bad, but, um, but yeah, I had the, so he came in after the, after the lumpectomy, he came in and he said, I have good news and bad news. He said, your, your, your lymph nodes are clear negative. Thank God. And he said, you know, your, your breast tissue, we took out the size of like a nickel for that little tumor. It has some cancer cells around the edges. So you have stage zero also. So I had stage one, and then I had stage zero. And he said we got to go back in the breast and take more tissue out. And so he said we can either do it next week. And I I still had tubes like the drain tubes. Yeah. And I said you know let's 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 do like a month of healing or three weeks of healing then we'll do it again. And um, so after that then that's when I started the chemo. Um, I got the port. Um, I could get the port during the second lumpectomy um, and then I started the chemo um, and I had it once a week for four months. And by the, by the, by the fifth or sixth chemo, <clears throat> excuse me, it was starting to get a little rough. Like I was super tired. Um, I never had any nausea, which is awesome. Oh, wow!
2: Yeah.
1: And um, you just kind of, it's weird. Like you can't, I mean, I worked out during the chemo, you know, you have the steroids and you have other medicine, Herceptin. For my type of breast cancer, I had Herceptin. Okay. Um, um, but it was, it was rough. I remember I had a pimple on my face and I had, um, and I squeezed it and I had like a blister on my foot from like working out or something. And it just didn't heal for like three months, just popping a pimple. And, like, my and I would put like, you know, ointment at it or something. And, yeah. and it just wouldn't heal for like literally three months. Well, your, would, like, your oh, Your body God. was
0: fighting real hard. It was fighting cancer and, and the chemo. So,
1: yeah. yeah. And you never think in your life you're going to have chemo. You no. never think you're going to have cancer. No. But I had, I had amazing support system. Um, every week I had someone there for me. Um, I had like a boxing theme every, every week and I did, I documented it. it. Um, but yeah, all my friends from Minnesota flew out here and, and just kind of showed up for me and it was great.
0: I love it. are are your, um, are your parents still in Minnesota too?
1: My mom was in Minnesota and, um, she, she was, she came out to California, I think three different times. For different things, I and she really took care of me. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't move my arm. My arm was like this. I couldn't brush my hair. I couldn't take a bath, a shower. My niece and my mom helped me bathe and helped me put my hair in a ponytail. And, um, yeah, they were. I couldn't even like get out of bed to like lift yourself up.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. But, um, but yeah, Ivy, my little niece. She my pride and joy. And she was so strong for me. You know, she's 15 years old. She's going to be 16. She, it was, she was, she was 14 then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a baby. And you know, it support comes in all shapes and sizes and for her to be there for you and be a rock is, it's so huge. It's so huge to have that support system.
1: You know, I had so many people there for me, Jess. I mean, um, I just, I was so overwhelmed by the cards, the, the, the emails, the text messages, um, the phone calls. Um, I have really good health insurance, and one of my really good friends from childhood, her dad passed away of cancer, and, and she set up this GoFundMe page, and I thought I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh, oh my wow. God, like this is embarrassing. And she said, no, you're going to have a lot of doctor bills. She said, with cancer, you're going to have a lot of doctor bills. And that was a blessing, too. People I don't even know came through and helped, and it was pretty special.
0: Yeah. Well, rally the troops, especially, you know, to help support somebody who's, who's going through a tough time, you know, ever – even whether or not you know somebody, like it's whether it's a friend of a friend, it's just knowing that this is a dark time in their life, and I'm sure some of those people that you don't know kind of been through something similar, had friends going through something similar, and you know, having people help and rally behind you, I think is I think is so awesome, and I I totally get why you're saying like about like the GoFundMe, like oh my God, people are gonna think I'm asking for money, but I think that's such it was so smart because you weren't working either, so having to pay for those bills, I can, I can imagine they add up. Well, you know... And all, all of bills, other bills add up too.
1: You know, and, and I didn't even know about disability. I didn't know that that comes out of your paycheck in the state of California. So I was okay. I had disability. Oh, good. Then, okay. Um, I had some help from my employer, the GoFundMe. Um, just... Oh, I, we had a benefit. My family and friends had a benefit in my hometown. Oh my God. And that was kind of a highlight of all this. I mean the it was kind of like community where everyone came together and mm-hmm. um, really rallied and showed their support. We had a chicken queue. We had what's that? Uh, where they have like a like a grill like a grill oh, chicken, chicken.
0: A barbecue okay yeah.
1: Okay. I was and like we what? ran out of chicken. Um, we had chicken and then we ran out of chicken two more times. It oh my was, gosh. Like literally half the town of Winona showed up. It was so amazing. Um I had friends from uh you know five years old. Um one of my best friends flew out from California. We've known each other since five years old. She she came to surprise me. Um I had teachers from 5th from grade, 8th grade, 10th grade, and I was standing there, and I, I saw the teachers walk up, and I thought, oh, my gosh. And I just, I just started crying. I was like, how did you know about this? And they, they said, well, we write it in the paper, and you know, so-and-so told me. And I was just like, wow. That was – it was just – and then we had, like, a live band We had face painting. Um, We had silent auctions. We had a bake sale. (laughs) My neighbors showed up for this. Um, My, you know, in growing up, my neighbors and teachers and friends and my friend's parents and people drove like super far. And I was like, oh my God. And then when I pulled up in the morning, I pulled up um, to like a hometown bar where we had it there was like this huge awning and all these chairs, like these white chairs and this like silent auction that was set up. And I was just like, um, my mom's friends or my mom's, my mom works at this, this, this company called windcraft and went on and they make, you know, sports memorabilia stuff. And, um, um, they donated a bunch of sports stuff and I had friends from Minneapolis from my, that I've known since like first grade mm-hmm. that brought all this cool sports stuff. And I thought, Oh my God. And you know, when I pulled up, I, I felt like it was my wedding. I felt like I was, <laughs> be, and I was just like, wow. But, but it was, it was incredible. And, um, That's awesome. another highlight of all this was, um, one of my other really really good friends came from Minnesota and she she and I went to the beach we drove to Carmel and Big Sur and we went for a small little hike and and she um we were talking on my couch that night she was giving me a massage and I was kind of falling asleep and she said we're going to we're going to work on your vision board she said we're gonna make your dreams come true. When you're done with all this breast cancer treatments, we're gonna do your labor of love aprons, and that's kind of how the labor of love aprons kind of was born.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna ask but you about that. Perfect. Yeah.
1: was like, and then tomorrow we're gonna to go to San going, Francisco. We're gonna try in wedding dresses, <laughs> and he yes. did, and and it was so fun. And oh my uh, god, he's my French Shelly and she was really an angel through all this. Um. And then, you know, just the fellow women, um, the fellow survivors who mm-hmm. I talked to through all this and I made friends with, and they became my, my, um, survivor sisters that have been through it, um, that are going through it, um, or have had someone close to them go through it. I, I met a lot of friends and cause I was anti-chemo. I wasn't going to do chemo. And then uh-huh. I talked to over 45 women who had chemotherapy and they said, this is, this is like life insurance, you know, just, just do it. And I talked to a woman, two, two, two women, 70 years old and they had breast cancer in their forties and they had the chemo and they're still thriving and they're doing great. So I thought, okay, I, I think I can, I should do chemotherapy. And then also, um, you know, my mom, she, she, um, She and I don't really have a bond or a really, like, mother-daughter relationship. We never have. And all these years, I kind of come from a dysfunctional family. And all these years, I prayed to God. I just thought, I really want love, help, and support. I really just want, um, you know, this love, help, and support. And I I would pray for it every day every week, every month and i got it through breast cancer. It was kind of neat, you know, but my mom, she she showed up for me in such a big way and she made me feel for once in my life you know, she made me feel like she loved me and that we had like you know, real love there. I mean, she mm-hmm. she was there for my surgery, she was there for me through a lot. She came out to my house and she cleaned my house 3 days straight. And, um, my mom is so clean. You can lick the floor at her house. She's so clean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she was, she was, she came out to California for like 10 days, three different oh, times. That's
0: incredible. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I I've been seeing this as a recurring theme. Um, you touched on two of them, basically how awesome the cancer community is just the support with, and the connections that you make with other cancer survivors it's crazy how supportive everybody is and willing to help in any way they can give you advice whatever you need and then also like the um the blessings in disguise from cancer and this is it's it's perfect that that's like one of them you you know you established a a a greater relationship with your mom and i think that's so amazing even even how even though how shitty cancer is to get that gift i think is 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 really beautiful
1: it really is. And I still I still hold it in my heart. Mm. Just just my mom and just all my childhood friends, you know, um, their love was the most humbling thing I've, I've ever experienced. And and the love for my mom. Um and I was able to check off things on my vision board and and then when I went through the, the chemotherapy, I didn't even know that you could do this cold cap thing. To save your hair, yeah. Depending on you know what kind of cancer you have, and it doesn't always work, but it worked for me. And and um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the company Cracks. Hair.
0: no. Um, I, I remember you going to pick up your dry ice. Like yes, over. every
1: on Tuesday, yeah. I drove forty five minutes. I would go in the morning to get the blood test, like twenty minutes from my house, and then I would drive from there to get the dry ice. Every day, I had to be there by noon. And, um, they actually donated the dry ice to, to, um, for my cold cap. Oh my God. Uh, so it, That was also a blessing. And, um, and you know, my employer, they told me, Nicole, you know, you have a job waiting for you when you get through this. And so it's just every, everybody just came together and
0: that it was, a lot.
1: it was amazing.
0: That's so awesome. So, Yeah. So with the cold cap, so it, it worked, like, did you, did, did it reduce hair loss or was it like, um, it, it not totally restricted it, it? Cause I don't never remember you. It put
1: your follicles in like hydration yeah. mode. Okay. Um, so that the chemo doesn't like go into that cell. Cause the first thing it, it hits is like your hair, your skin, you know? Um, and it, like I said, it doesn't always work, but. Um, it was an hour of cold capping, negative, like 30 below zero, like freezing cold. Um, capping like an hour before the chemo and then during the chemo, a couple hours and then a couple hours after. And I mean, you're so tired and drugged up on chemo and you're kind kind of bobblehead. Mm -hmm. Um, but it worked. I mean, my hair got a little thin and I wasn't able to color it or, or really cut it for, for like a year, but I mean, it worked. I mean, I it got a little thin, but I'm so glad I did that. I mean, you can live without your hair and mm-hmm. your breast, but I was I'm a flight attendant. I'm single. I wanted to keep my hair.
0: Yeah, and that that's a that's a good resource to know about too. Not everybody knows that it's possible, so I think that's really cool that it exists. That's really great. You kept your hair. I was about to say I don't ever remember you losing any hair, like watching the whole process. Um I thought it was really cool that you you documented it and you shared your story kind of live on yeah uh, it, was, Instagram. it was
1: actually fun to do that to yeah. educate other people about it. Yeah. And like after I did that I went to this like charity event. It's called Hair to Stay. And mm-hmm. there's this lady named I think her name's Bethany, but she 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 has these events where people can donate, you know, to cancer, um, charities and it helps people with certain grants for keeping their hair. And Mm -hmm. they actually helped me with mine. And also with, with the fertility stuff, there's a place called live strong and they help pregnant women and women that have breast cancer, um, that want to do the fertility or any kind of cancer not just breast cancer but it's called live strong huh. and i was able to afford to do the, the fertility because of their help
0: wow I, I i didn't even know these these foundations this system these types of I systems no are idea. out there and that just goes to show like well doing your research kind of kind of did you some good. So I don't, I don't know if that was like from you chatting with other breast cancer survivors, other, other cancer patients, or well, is this something that you found? Okay.
1: I didn't really hear a lot of resources from, from nurses or doctors, you know, yeah. they're busy taking care of people and mm-hmm. they, some of them probably know about it, but they don't always remember to tell every single patient, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had help. I had help through the cold cap the fertility, just everything. It was, it was really awesome.
0: So awesome. I'm making a note for that to put in the episode notes. That's a good resource.
1: Here to stay perhaps there. I think here to stay is, is, is based in San Francisco. Okay,
0: cool. That's great. So you, you touched on your vision board How's that going? And then ultimately, that that kind of uh, got things going for uh, Labor Love Aprons. Tell us more about that. that
1: yeah, really so fun. I make aprons and masks. I, I travel the world for my job, um, and one thing on my vision board is also I, I hike national parks. I want to try to hike every national park in the U.S. And I think I have twelve in. I have I have like probably I think I think there's either fifty nine or sixty one. Wow. Um, national parks, but, um, I'm going to do it. And that's, that's on my vision board. Um, I'm still making the masks and aprons. Mm-hmm. I had all this fabric cause you know, I travel around the world. So if I only have like, you know, four hours in Italy, sometimes I, I go to that fabric, try to go to a fabric store and, and try to look for unique fabric. And so I, before COVID hit, I had like a bunch of different fabrics, um, inventory of fabrics. And then COVID hit, and I thought, I can make masks. Because when Perfect. COVID hit, you couldn't just walk into a store and get fabric or buy fabric. Mm-hmm. And then you try to buy it online, and everything's sold out. Oh my gosh. The supply chain was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: So you switched over to masks, and you do both now. You have awesome awesome fabrics too. The patterns are so cool. Like that, that lemon, that lemon pattern that I got for my friend for her apron. She's obsessed with that. Is that, I think, you said, I think that's the one from Italy. I was about to say, I think you said that one was from Italy. That one's so pretty. You know, Jess, I just want to thank you because you and your husband, Chris,
1: you guys have been so supportive.
0: Oh, I mean,
1: well, through this whole entire couple years I've I've been through going through, through, I mean, not even just the cancer, but you were supportive of my masks, my aprons, my breast cancer. Even when I worked with Chris, he's from Minnesota, so I connected uh, yeah. with him.
0: And good good I stayed
1: in touch with him. Yeah. And he's just such a great guy.
0: Oh my God, you're telling me. You guys are. <laughs> I got lucky. Well, we love you and we we, we happily support you. Like you are so talented uh, between the masks and the aprons and just like getting to follow you around the world is just so fun to watch you travel. And just if we can help support in just a little bit in a little way. Oh my god. Isn't so my happy life to
1: too. great on Instagram and Facebook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> freaking living the charmed life. I know you're busy and like travel, travel your ass off. Like you, they work your ass off. I understand that, but like you make the most of it and just, you know, like I think that could have been a, a also a side effect from cancer, living, living the most of it and enjoying it the best way that you can. I think It's, it's so fun to watch you and I know it's not as easy as it looks, but <laughs> it's really fun.
1: Thank you, Jess. Yeah. 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 So, um, I feel like all my bonds with, with people in my life that I've touched their lives and they've touched mine. I feel like they just grew stronger and, and they still do. And, um, you know, you just got to do the right thing in life and and just be kind and
2: mm-hmm.
1: show up for people. And, and, um, and I've always, my mom raised me to be a good person and to work hard and, and to do that and to be that type of a person. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad my roots are from Midwest and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I also wanted to mention, um, on my dad's side, I, I going through cancer, I, I got to meet a cousin that I've never met. Um, and she actually lives in California, like an hour from my house and I was uh-huh. able to meet her. And now we have a close relationship and I'm just so glad that I, I was blessed to, to now have a person like her in my life. And she was also one of the people that took me to chemo and, and she was, you know,
0: real supportive. So that's awesome. Yeah. A little blessings you get mm-hmm. from it. Uh, speaking of like, um, I guess, a genetic familial, um, is the type of breast cancer that you had, um, is that like genetically based or is that just like non-related? Is there any, uh, cancer in your background at all or no?
1: You know, I did the BRCA tests and it was negative. Um, and, um, my grandma had colon cancer and she passed away before I was even born. Um, there's not really too much. I mean, there's some, you know, cancer history in there, but, um, but no, I just, that's why I was kind of in shock when I got the, the diagnosis. I thought, well, maybe I have breast cancer because. I'm a, I'm a flight attendant or I spray tan or uh, I ate eggs and chicken, egg, lots of eggs and chicken for, for seven years doing my fitness conditions. and bikini shows. And, yeah. and then I just finally came to grace with it. You know, I, I was talking to, to so many women who aren't flight attendants that don't spray tan, that are vegetarians that are 20 years old, 30 years old, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they don't have breast cancer. So yeah. I, you know, my doctor said, you know, it's, it's nothing you ate. It's nothing you did. It's kind of like eeny, meeny, miny, mo.
0: It's so easy to blame yourself though. It's so easy. I thought the same thing. I was like, I was vegan for a couple of years. Did I fuck up my adrenals and hormones? And that's what gave me thyroid cancer. Like I started like questioning everything, but I don't, you, you, you can't pick that apart. You can't say it's, it's your fault. It's what you did unless, you know, you're a smoker and you get lung cancer, obviously you did it to yourself. But it's... There's people it, that have lung cancer that I've never smoked. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's not their fault. <laughs> that's That would suck. Like, I was talking with... Um, I had an interview yesterday and there was... Um, the lady was saying... She was saying that she did all the right things. She meditated, she exercised, she took care of herself. She ate right, mostly plant-based and she still got cancer. She did all the right things. So it's just like, there's nothing that you do or that you don't do. It's just luck of the draw. I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. So it's definitely nothing you did. It's not from spray tanning.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, um, mentally this is this is always on your mind mm-hmm. you, know, you, you get scared oh i i have back ache or i have a pain in my arm or my leg um you know you kind of always have it in the back of your mind um, mm-hmm. that it could come back or you might have it or or
0: metastasize um, somewhere
1: yes yeah. and emotionally it's draining because it's fearful all the time mm-hmm. um and physically, the treatments really affected, you know, my quality of life. Um, not a lot, but definitely, um, you know, like I could have lost my hair and I, I, I um, my breast, you know, it has like an indentation mm. um, kind of, I don't know how to say it, but, um, but you know, I, I have... I'm healthy and I'm alive. And you know, like, you know, like in our twenties we struggle with zits and in our forties we struggle with wrinkles. But now my, my new perspective of life, you know, as a woman, you look in the mirror and you're, you're kind of critical of yourself. Like, Oh, I, I look kind of ugly or I look kind of fat or, you know, I, I, um, whatever it is. Um, but then now I look, I, or just certain things, you know, but now I just think, you know, I'm alive and I'm healthy. Yeah. And um, it's just like a different perspective on your self-worth, you know, your self-image. Yeah. And so, yeah. But it, it wasn't easy going through this single, 38 years old, you know, but I still had lots and
0: lots of support and love. Yeah. And, Sounds know. like you had a fantastic support system. I really did. You have a lot of people who love you. Thank she you. Says a lot about you. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, so what like what else? Like like any advice? You kinda had some advice throughout the the uh, the chat, but like is there like any advice you have to I guess listeners, uh whether they're you know, cancer survivors, cancer patients, even like friends or family that have never had cancer or anything like that. Any any advice?
1: You know, I do have advice and Um, I just want to say like, you know, whatever your, your life is like, whatever your, your, you know, feeling inside, um, you know, somebody told me this once, she said, stop walking around life that there's something wrong with you. She said, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you might not feel good enough. Um, if you don't have a four year degree or you have a dysfunctional family or whatever it may be like, you know, I, I realized that when I had breast cancer, I thought to myself, what was I thinking? Why did I walk around life thinking there was something wrong with me when now I I do have breast cancer. Now there really is something kind of wrong with me. Now I just kind of, I don't think that way anymore. Like the new perspective. Um, but aside from that, listen to your body, listen to your intuition. If I would have listened to that doctor that I have, you know, jet lag and fatigue, mm-hmm. I could be walking around today with stage three or yeah. four.
0: Yeah, because yours wasn't palpable. Like I knew something so right. small, but you know your body. And I think for for people who who tend to be um, a little bit more physically active um, are definitely more in tune with their body, and they know they're like something's wrong, something's up. And I'm really glad that you didn't take no, like, I guess, no for an answer or, you know, fatigue. You know,
1: somebody told me that once. Yeah. So, so, somebody in New York said, you'd be a great saleswoman. Because she <laughs> said, you do not take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, life is about action, not just thinking about action, you know, just live life to the fullest. And, um, um, every day is a gift.
0: It sure is you're so enlightened. I'm so, I'm enjoying this. I, I'm, I have enjoyed this, but, um, this is, this is such a great talk. I'm I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights. Thank you, Jess, for having me. Thank you again for joining us for our newest episode of my cancer story podcast. I'd also like to thank Nicole again for sharing her story with us. I hope everyone enjoyed the story today. Uh, A little bit more about our conversation. If you're interested in learning more about Nicole's company, you can visit her at www.laborofloveaprons.com. Or you can find her on Instagram at laborofloveaprons. So L-A-B-O-R-O-F-L-O-V-E-A-P-R-O-N-S. She makes these beautiful aprons with this gorgeous fabric. And then since COVID has started, she has now adopted making face masks. So check her out. Help support a fellow cancer survivor. And thank you again for for joining me. Have a wonderful rest of your week.